This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the many, many realtors and and affiliate members of the Fresno Association of Realtors. And we have a goal. Our goal is to provide the consumers, our, our clients, the best information possible, the best local information that's possible. Um, and to help me with that today, I have Dave Kidder, who is a broker associate with Keller Williams Westland Realty. Good morning. Good morning, Don. I get to spend the last Saturday of the decade with you. Ah, That's pretty cool. How lucky can I be? Uh, you, you, <laughs> you stole my line there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Dave, you've been in the business more than a year or two. How, how long have you been in it? So everybody knows the advice you give, the information you give isn't something that came out of a textbook, but it probably came out of the University of Hard Knocks. Well, I sold my first house up in Vancouver, Washington in 1976, and it was a week before I turned 21, so you can do the math. Uh, the I took a break from 84 till 2012, so I've been licensed for, it'll be 16 years in March, mm-hmm. but I've been involved in real estate since uh, 76. I'm just curious, now that you laid it out there, so what, what'd you do on that break? I was a commodity broker. So that's what actually brought me to California was dealing with the dairies and feed mills and feedlots all over the country. And it, that's what brought me to Fresno to be closer to my cows. Okay. So commodities is like stuff. Stuff, corn, wheat, barley, oats. Uh. Okay. <laughs> it, interesting. So you've always been in kind of a, a free market business where – you're trading things. Yeah. Yeah. Because is real estate not a trade? Absolutely. You're, you're trading it is. dollars for yeah. a, 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 a home. Yeah. And I, I, there, are, there are some in the industry that would like to turn real estate into a commodity to where it's just faceless and you can just p- push a button and buy a home or sell a home and never interact. And that's, I don't believe that's ever going to be the case. I don't think it's ever going to happen to where there's not human interaction. Even in commodities, there was always a face that made things happen, even more so in real estate. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I recently had to change health insurance, and I don't know, I was getting all the, I, I guess you, you click once on something, and next thing you know, you're getting tons of uh, emails and advertisements about health insurance. And I was trying to learn and make up my mind and, and, and all that online, and I was confused. Finally, it's like, what am I doing? I listen to Welcome Home Radio every Saturday morning. Why don't I listen to myself and go local, go personal? So I called a local health insurance broker, and I can't believe in, in just the shortest amount of time, I kind of understood everything. Notice I said kind of. Kind of. That that was a Freudian slip on my part to, to throw in kind of because I still don't get, get it all. That's a great point. You, I think you need a professional in areas that you don't understand but are important in your life to, to mismanage your health insurance or your retirement or things like that. Mm-hmm. It, it would be wrong without getting a second opinion or getting a first opinion from a professional. 
I'll give you a great example. Um, the financial planner that I, I hired on many years ago, I would go to him for advice, but I, I didn't like doing it over the phone. I, I liked seeing him because I didn't really understand a lot of what he was doing and why he said what he said, but I would watch his reactions. And if, if I said, well, what about if we did this? And that face kind of had a little <laughs> frown on it. I know, okay, uh, I, I just came up with a harebrained idea. Is, that is important, that, that personal interaction. That's why uh, it's the, the biggest asset that I'm ever going to have in my life. I want to deal with somebody face-to-face on the other side. Mm-hmm. And that includes my lender. <clears throat> yeah, excellent. Okay, so this is the last Saturday of 2019. Uh, we're going to see clearly in 2020. <laughs> oh, you got my pun. I may still need glasses, but yes, hopefully so. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> but January 1st is usually when the procrastination stops. The procrastinators say, okay, here's my goal for 2020. This is what I'm going to do. So for the... Um, the next few minutes i'd like to throw i'd like to pretend like i'm the client you're in my home at my kitchen table as my advisor real estate broker and i'm going to throw out some doozies for you okay <laughs> so some of the best uh procrastination lines that we we've heard um and i'd like for you to respond to me so i'm going to start off with this one Okay. I want to wait for the market to improve. That's probably the one I, that we hear the most. And the question is, what are you waiting for? What, what does it mean for you if the market does improve? And I guess what I mean by that is, is, is this a home that you want to sell in all of your equity, your entire nest age is, is tied up in this home? And so you're just waiting to get a little bit more money out of the home. And it's not a bad move. You would have been right the last nine years. The market has been coming up. The question I guess I have to ask you, though, as your advisor and hopefully your friend, is what happens if the value goes down? Can you afford the, the lifestyle that you're looking for if the value of your home goes down? And if you had to sell it for less money, how would that impact you? I'm not saying that it's going to go down, but I have to ask you the question, what if? Well, don't you know? Oh, I wish I did. I <laughs> We were talking just before. There's a lot of people that missed the last one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that bought the home at the very high of the market that actually should have known what was going to happen, and they didn't. So I think you mentioned Greenspan. Yeah, yeah. I had heard that even Alan Greenspan bought a home at the top of the market. And if anybody should have known that that, that we were that the market was going to go down and prices would be better, it, it should have been him. You know, this is or uh, Don Scordino, one of the two. One of the two. And back to commodities, there's an old adage: is that you buy strength. So as long as the market is going up, you continue to buy. But once the market starts to go down, then you start to sell. There's not a, but that's more of a. Uh, a quick decision and you're not married to the position but if it is my home and I'm emotionally tied to my home 
it's hard for me to make that decision. And, and I need an outside source. I need a, another opinion to say, well, what do you think about the market right now? And honestly, right now, if I had to, if I had to guess, and we asked this at the first of the year, where I thought the market would be at the end of the year, I felt it would go up 2 3 4%. And I think that's about what we've seen this year. It's gone up. And what's going to happen over the next 12 months? I see nothing has changed although I do feel like there's a little weakness out there. The weakness has gone from, we're still in a seller's market, by the way. We still have low, low inventory. So as long as the inventory is low and the interest rates are low, I feel like there's still a good chance that our prices are gonna, are gonna continue to come up a little bit. You know, and that's a big difference from, let's say 2005 to 2007, when we started to see a, a a decline and then of course we know in 2008 9 it really bottomed out mm-hmm. but a big difference is back then we had a lot of inventory remember all the the big national builders that came and built start yeah. started building subdivisions and then they walked away and two-thirds of the lots were empty uh, but there was room to grow or there was inventory um, but not so this time. No, we're we're dealing with low inventory. I, I think the builders and the, I've seen uh, uh, the National Association of Realtors numbers that we're about five thousand homes a year short in the Central Valley for what we need to keep up with demand for housing demand. Wow. Now, again, that doesn't mean that the prices are going to rush off and go up. I, if anything, I feel like prices will be stable. And in some price ranges, it's gotten it has gotten softer. It's been a little bit slowed. But for the most part, we still are short housing. Yeah. So the the best one that I've heard, and, I, and I've I've said it before on the show, is that our market has slowed down from 75 miles an hour to 65 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. 65 is still moving pretty yeah. fast. Still a seller's market, like you said. Yeah. Um, but it's slower than it was a year ago. When I first came into real estate back in the late 70s, early 80s, and we had 19% interest we hit there, we, you would take a listing for a year because that was about the average that it would take for a home to sell was a year. And I saw some homes go 18 months, and didn't, it wasn't out of the norm. Now I think our average days on market is still in the 40s, 40 days of and I believe that if it's priced right, uh, it, it had a listing go live on the 10th of December, and it's in escrow. It's It's been in escrow for a week. Mm-hmm. So it, it, there's always a market. There's always a buyer for a home that's priced right. Yeah. I remember a buyer sometime back saying, oh, my gosh, the home's been on the market 21 days. What's wrong with it? Yeah. That's what we got used to. We so what's used- wrong with that picture, Dave? Is it the the home or is it the buyer's perception? You know, and that's and that's maybe another thing is is if I'm I want to wait for the prices to come down before I start buying, and I think there's a little bit of that in the industry, and there's also a little bit interest rates are too high, and I, I just I shake my head on that one because I've I've seen nineteen percent, so at four four and a half percent, I'm thinking historically low. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's let's move on to another procrastinator, and that is um, I want to remodel before I sell the home. 
I, that's a tough one to overcome because the, the TV shows that we have out there right now that show that I buy the house, I paint it, I put carpet down, I make $100,000. So it's, the perception is that minimal repairs or updates will add a, a lot of value to your home. They add a lot of value to a home if you buy it really cheap. <laughs> but for the most part, doing any improvements to your house, you are not going to get your money back out of the home. And we're going through that now. We've remodeled the kitchen and put new flooring down. We understand it hasn't raised the value of our home that much. It would make it more sellable, but it doesn't add the value to really add the value to the home. Case in point, I put a brand new pool in the backyard and I spend $40,000. The market's going to let me get maybe eight to $12,000 back for that pool. And I think an appraiser would probably go with that number too. And here's one that, because um, I remember some time back, we were selling a 30-year-old home, and it was, um, uh, we were basing the price, or I based my recommendation on comps in the neighborhood. And he was saying, but I think it's worth $10,000 more because I just put a new roof on last year. All right, but here's the logic. Of all the comps in that 30-year-old neighborhood, most of those had new roofs yeah, also. Yeah. Um, so it, it's things are not just based on condition, or prices are not just based on condition, but they're also based on the location. I mean, a lot of it was because location. it was in that neighborhood. Yeah, and, you, and you're right. There's a very he was a local appraiser, and he once shared. Uh, he was teaching a class, and he once shared. You have to remember, yes, you just put in a $40,000 kitchen. You took out a $20,000 kitchen, though. Mm. There, it already had a kitchen in there. So you didn't. it wasn't like you took a house that had no kitchen. You took out an old one and put in a new one. That's a really good point. And, and I've kept that in mind as, okay, you, you spent 40000 but did you spend it for yourself or did you spend it for the next person? Because the next person may not like the kitchen you put in. Mm -hmm. And that's another concern that I have. Well, when we get back from break, I want to go more into that. Like, what should a seller do? I mean, maybe not a total remodel, but what are the things they should do? So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Mr. Dave Kidder of Keller Williams here in the studio. And um, in the first segment, I was laying out the scenario about procrastinate, uh, you know, people, it, human nature is to procrastinate on big items, yeah. items that we fear. I think fear is the biggest driver of procrastination. You hit it on the head. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's in my new book coming out. Um, <laughs> I just thought of that one myself. <laughs> I can't wait till they make a, it a musical. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I laid out the scenario that Dave is my real estate broker. He's, he's in my kitchen, at the kitchen table, talking to my wife and I about selling our home. And I'm throwing out fears. Yeah, and objections and reasons why I haven't done anything yet. 
So here's one, and that is, all right, I want to get top dollar when I sell my home. That makes me a normal human being to get want to get top dollar. The home is already a four-star place. Maybe not a five-star. So pretty nice, huh? Yeah, pretty, pretty nice. nice. Okay. It's, it, um, okay, knowing that, and, and so that we're already near the top of the price range, that uh, that range of reasonableness that we can get from our home, I want to know, should I remodel the bathrooms? I've been given a $25,000 uh, bid on remodeling them and making them modern, making them look like something you see on TV. Don, I would spend I would spend a thousand of it and stage your home before I would remodel it. I would declutter your home. It's a beautiful home, Don. You have, you know, Dee Dee's done a phenomenal job here and I'm sure she's asked your advice here. The thing I no, would No, that part she hasn't <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was trying to give you credit here. Come on, work with me here. I would declutter the home. I would take out as much of your personal pictures, everything else that says this is the Scordino home as much as you, you mean can. like my beer can collection? The beer can collection that you have nailed to the wall. That that has got to come down. Ah. Things like that. Do that first before you spend. And, and I go back to you're going to take out a $12,000 bathroom to put in a $25,000 bathroom. Mm. So if you're doing it because you think you're going to mm. make more money on the home, Let's do this. Before you make that decision, let's get in the car and go look at other homes that are on the market right now. Because it's that old adage, if you and I are out hiking and I run into a bear, I'm going to put on my tennis shoes, not because I can outrun the bear. I just need to outrun you. Yeah. <laughs> I need to have my house look as nice as or nicer than the homes that I'm competing with. And if all the other homes have bathrooms that need to be updated, then stage your bathroom. You don't need to remodel it. If all the other homes have been remodeled, then we may have to discuss some things that you could do. And if you were going to spend any money at all, I would say flooring first and paint. Mm-hmm. And make sure everything else is clean. And I have heard that, that flooring and paint are usually a $2 for $1 return. They are, and... Those are probably the things that people notice first and will react to first. And so the $5,000 you spend on flooring, somebody may walk in your house and go, well, it needs new flooring. I'm going to have to spend 10 That might That might be a case where I would almost say, let's look at that. Okay, so I'm going to throw out a fear and a reason for procrastinating. <coughs> Excuse me. My fear is that I'm going to pick the wrong color of paint. And um, shouldn't I just give a credit and then let the uh, buyer do what they want to do? I think in some cases a credit is very appropriate because people may have a very clear idea what they want and you may guess wrong. Again, what I would say is let's go take a look at what builders are doing. Let's go take a look at what remodelers are doing because they've spent a lot of money researching what people like right now. And so if my home looks similar in paint and flooring to a new home, you can't go wrong there. Mm -hmm. They know what they're doing. Okay, excellent. So I've got to be careful that I don't spend twenty-five, dollars $50,000 uh, in remodeling it and only bring the value up 
fifteen thousand. And that's and that unfortunately, or that that is exactly what happens. Is is the, the I had a listing that that needed new flooring, needed paint, and we knew that it wasn't going to bring back dollar for dollar, but it helped sell the home, and it sold it at the top of the market for that market. It didn't get them more money than what the market said. It did sell quickly though. Okay, so how about people that are trendy? You know, they've been looking at magazines, watching TV shows. So when they repaint, they want to go with these really trendy colors. Let's say Dodger blue. Boy, that's never going to be a trend that I can move. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well let's let's pretend. Let's well, say Dodger be blue better than <laughs> Giants orange. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, blue looks Your better ratings in are going down orange. <laughs> okay, let's say you went with realtor beige. Okay, there we go. <laughs> okay. So, um, and I guess that's where the advice of the realtor comes in. Well, I think realtors have their own opinion, too. And that's why I say sometimes it's just best to see what I'm competing with to know what is trending out there. There was a while there that accent walls had to be burnt orange. And we see those still out there, and it just crushes people when they walk in and go, what were they thinking? Mm. Well, during that time period, all houses had burnt orange on on their walls. Mm -hmm. And accent walls, you don't see that too much anymore. No, no. And and, and if you do, they're slightly off. They're the same tones, but maybe they're a little darker, a little lighter, but they're not so... Uh, you know, on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So again, you're re- don't remodel for what you like. Remodel for what the next person is going to like. And if you don't know what the next person is going to like, give them a credit. Okay, and I heard a good one from an appraiser, um, and that is when you look at what a buyer is going to want, picture 10 buyers out there. What is the majority of those 10 buyers going to want? Sure, one of them's going to want burnt orange accent walls one of them's going to want um uh silver but the majority of them what are they going to want and that's what you want to go to you're right and how do you know that you know unless you have seen as a realtor if you have seen a lot of homes and that's why i I spend a lot of time at builders because i like to see what they're doing and i like selling new homes Mm -hmm. the the case though is the more homes i see the more i get a feel of what 10 people might like and so i can make those recommendations okay here's another fear that i have i'm going to say you know when i sell my home um there's no way i can move in 30 to 45 days because i have so much stuff here uh can uh, can i keep possession for an extra 30 days it it happens. There's some real concerns and problems that come up, and a lot of times your lender may have a say in it. So before I make any any uh, negotiation, before I just, uh, advise on whether they accept something like that or not, I have to have a talk, conversation with the lender is, are you okay with this? Because sometimes the seller says, I need 60 days, and the lender may not be okay with that. The lender may say 30 days and that's it. I also have to caveat that uh, a seller in possession of a home is probably the area of the largest lawsuits that we see right now, where it is not spelled out exactly. Well, you said you'd move out at close of escrow, or you'd move out 30 days at close of escrow. Well, what escrow? The house that you just sold or the house you're buying? 
Mm-hmm. And that's when the lawyers show up. Yeah, and, and you think about it, it's because there's been a transfer of power. Now, once the escrow closed and the seller is still in possession for 30 days, the seller has possession of the money from the sale and possession of the goods, the house. So um, they got a little more power than the buyer does. And he's also covered, the seller is also covered under tenant law now. And if you understand anything about tenant laws, you understand that that could open up that big old can of worms. And that's why there's a form that the California Association of Realtors came out with called a license agreement for a seller in possession Mm -hmm. rather than a rental agreement. And it only lasts 29 days. Yes. uh, Or up to 29 days. That wasn't a random number that they picked. And so, and that is because if it goes 30 days, you now are technically renting it. Yes. The, the advice, what I'm going to coach my the, the seller at right from the start is let's start decluttering now, start moving things now, because you are going to move. If you're going to list your home with me, we're going to sell the house and we're going to move. That's, mm-hmm. that's the attitude we have to take. So why wait until the last day? Start yeah. packing today. Oh, so I see a benefit here. Uh, if Before it goes on the market, if you start moving a few things out, one, it's going to declutter depersonalize a home but number two it's also going to make the move during the escrow much easier easier and quicker and i can sell a house if the garage is full of stuff i can sell the house then but if the house is full of stuff that's harder mm-hmm. so move everything to the garage at the very worst so case scenario. park the cars in the living room park the cars in the neighbor's living room ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay With that, we're going to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio is Dave Kidder, broker associate with Keller Williams. Good morning. Morning, morning. And we've been talking about procrastination because, you know, January 1st, that's all going to end. Everybody's going to become a doer and not a procrastinator. <laughs> uh, yeah, at least for a few Gym weeks. Gym memberships are incredible on January 1st, so. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, and then the real good procrastinators will say, well, I'm going to wait until February when that initial thing dies down. You know, I'll, I'll go to the gym in February because January's too busy in there. February of what year, though? That's what <laughs> we have to ask. February of next, <laughs> next year, year, of course. Next year. Okay, so we've been talking about fears and procrastination as far and uh, re objections to actually selling your home. Um, now let's turn that around. Uh, my wife and I are considering buying a home, and we have invited you to our home to discuss what it is that we want to buy. So we're a first-time home buyer. I got a lot of fears. Okay. You know, Bring, ne- them, never, Bring them, Bring <laughs> Never done this before. So uh, alleviate those fears, would you? But And I'm going to start off with uh, uh, an objection that we have all heard ever since interest rates were 19% back in the early 80s, like you said, and that is, I want to wait until interest rates go down. Okay. And Don, here's what concerns me about that is currently you're paying rent, and you told me you're paying $1,200 a month. 
on rent. And I heard that, this. That's when I pay it. That when you pay right. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I heard this recently that interest rates on rent is a thou- is, is infinity because you're never going to pay your rent down. Mm-hmm. So when you pay your rent, you're actually making somebody else's mm-hmm. house payment for them. So right now, all of your rent is going towards somebody else's house payment. If you purchase a home, part of that payment is going to be going towards equity of your own home. So if you were to wait for interest rates to go down, and if interest rates do go down, what do you think the price of the homes will do? Oh, they'll probably go up, right? Because there will be increased demand. There's more buyers who can afford the same home you're looking at. So yes, you'll save money on your monthly payments maybe, but you're going to be paying more for the house you're looking for. So the payment will go up. And yes, and so every month that you hesitate is another $1,200 a month you're giving to somebody else for their home instead of your own home. So I understand that you want it to go down. Let's do this though. Let's get ready to buy if you find the purchase, the perfect house. Let's get you qualified. And a lender is also going to keep an eye out and let you know what interest rates are doing. Although they don't have a crystal ball either, they probably have a little bit better feel than you and I do. So what would you say is an average mortgage interest rate for the 40-some years that you've been? The average? Yeah. It's been over 7%, 7 to 8%. It's been the average. Okay, and right now it's around 4 I You even see them in the threes? Yeah, yeah I, uh, we were actually looking for an investment property, and we saw something just shy of 4 And again, the moment I say that, interest rates go up and down, but it was shy of 4 and that was for an investment property. All right. Plus, um, how do we really know that that's the bottom? Nobody rings a bell and said, ding, ding, ding. This is the lowest interest rate that will ever be for the next 30 years. Nobody does that. Well, we know one thing. Here's what I know is that interest rates probably won't go to zero. So you've got about, what, 4% above that right now. But it's probably, so you're risking okay, if they do go to zero, you're going to come back to me and say, you hate me because I went to zero. There is no limit to what they can go up to, though. So right now at four, let's let's call it 4%, you know that that range is at a historical low. I can look back over the last forever and see that it's at a historical low on interest rates. It can only go up from here. It may go down a little bit. <clears throat> But it can really, you know, legitimately, it can only really go up from here. Plus, the longer that I wait for interest rates to go lower, if they go lower, the longer I'm living in this rental that I don't really like. And I'm not enjoying the benefits of my own home ownership. Yeah. And how important is home ownership to you? That's maybe the more important question to ask than interest rates or everything else mm-hmm. is how important is home ownership. I like that. If, if I, home- I, I know I called you for a reason. <laughs> I, I like that because, yeah, home ownership matters. And it, for one, it's the American dream. Yeah. Uh, my, my mother came to America wanting to own property um, to be a homeowner. And, you know, once you're in a home, your payments are set. The price is set. Your, the, pr- the, ho- the price of your home doesn't go up. You don't have to keep rebuying your home. So it's already set. Your equity only gains. Your payments don't change. But we just did a, a goofy thing here in California of rent control. 
unfortunately, it's having the opposite effect. What has happened is that the, the landlords and investors, in order, they knew that their rents would going to be capped. They started raising rents almost immediately so that they wouldn't wouldn't fall under that a lower rent. Mm-hmm. So actually, you don't have control of where your rents. This time next year, your rents can go up at least eight percent. You know, um, not to get sidetracked, but here we are, we're sidetracked on rent control, (laughs) which I'm a little passionate about. Yeah. But, okay, they've had rent control in Santa Monica for over 40 years. Uh And a property manager said for all of her units, uh, which she has, her company has over a thousand units that they manage, they, their policy is to raise it to the maximum that they can every year because if you don't take it you lose it yeah and they're not working for the best interest of their client if they let a year go by where they don't raise it so therefore in santa monica you've got i guarantee your payments are going up oh yeah whereas if you buy a home a 30-year fixed rate mortgage is the best form of rent control there is Absolutely. You are 100% right. It really is. Mm-hmm. And the only adjustment that goes to that 30-year mortgage is the end of 30 years goes to zero. It, adju- it adjusts <laughs> it, it, downwards. It, it becomes yours, yeah. Yeah. And, and, ta- and, and people will say, well, property taxes. And, and yet there's a cap on how much property taxes can go up each year. So even that has a limit. And, yeah, that's the one cost that you're always going to have on your home is property taxes will continue. Yeah. However, uh, I would beg to differ that renters are actually paying the property, the property tax taxes too. Now too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> Maybe they don't write the check to the t- uh, tax collector, but that's factored into uh, what the landlord has to charge. To I didn't per- want to be that mean to you here today, Don. I, but you're right. You were paying somebody else's taxes. Okay. Now, let me throw out another reason to procrastinate, and that is, um, eh, I'm not really sure my credit's all that good. I want to work on it before I go see a lender. Well, here's, you're going to hear this a lot from me, Don. Here's what concerns me about that, is do you know what to work on? And I, and I say that because I just had some friends who thought that they were doing the right thing. And instead of paying down a credit card, they paid off a credit card and then canceled it. And it's it was the exact opposite. The worst thing they could have done to their credit was doing that. They thought they were doing the right thing. So let's get in front of a professional who understands credit and credit repair. Find out what you can afford today and what you need to do to afford something in six months. And I've been assured time and time again by lenders Doing a credit report for buying a home does not impact your credit. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. Um, and I like that idea that the lender's going to tell me what it is I need to do. Um, I'm getting professional guidance. Yeah, and and the next question I would ask is, are you a vet? Are you a Cal? Are you are you a vet because they have CalVet loans, which really don't look at credit as much as they look at. Do you have a job? Are you paying your bills? Or can you can you pay your bills? That's what they look at. Mm-hmm. So if you're a vet, then... That, so that's what you meant by that. When you said, are you a vet, I, I thought, 
you know, a, a doctor for dogs? A veteran who defended our country. Ah, okay. <laughs> and you thought you would have all the bad puns on here today. <laughs> no, I didn't. I knew, I knew you would stand in there with me, buddy. <laughs> just, just so all our listeners know, yesterday Dave was bragging to some friends that uh, he's, he's going to throw out all these really good puns today. And, and uh, he's the sultan of silly silliness. Um, but, you know, hey, I can stand my own, too. Yes, you can. I appreciate your humor, Don. I really do. All right. With that, we're going to go to our next commercial break. But stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and Dave Kidder, uh, fellow realtor here in Fresno, Fresno County, uh, here in the studio. And we've been talking about uh, fears and procrastinations uh, uh, for sellers and buyers. Now we're in this last segment, we're going to talk about a thing called FISBOs for sale by owners, which I do want to preface this. Statistically, um, it used to be that 80 per, about 80% of the sales went through our multiple listing system, uh, meaning they were listed by a broker. That number is closer to 91% now is uh-huh. what I hear. Yep. And so there's fewer of them. What, what are the reasons for that, Dave? Well, I think they're across the board. I think the tendency for, with all the litigation that's going on out there, that having a professional realtor in there who understands disclosures in the contract doesn't guarantee that you're not going to have problems. It, I believe it does greatly decrease the amount of potential lawsuits that are out there. It also shifts some of the liability to the professional. If, the, if something has been missed on the contract, you have you have the realtor, their broker, and their insurance company that can also step in and help litigate and mitigate some of the damages if if something comes up. So, that, and that's a good point. So if I was a buyer, I might want to be fearful of a for sale by owner because maybe they don't want to list it with a realtor because then that seller has to disclose something they don't want to disclose. Well, that's a scary thing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and that's one of the biggest changes that is the the laws covering the disclosures. Our our contract has gone from one page to what ten, and I think it's going to fifteen pages, and most of it is on disclosures. Yeah, and when we talk disclosures, we're not just talking about the forms. Yeah, we we got the forms. I, I'm sure somebody can get the forms on their own, but it's knowing and being guided on what to disclose. Uh, yes. All right. So there was a dishwasher leak two, two years ago, but it was fixed. Does that need to be disclosed? Uh, well, the answer is it should be because should more be. than likely there's some residual there, like maybe the cupboard got stained or there's watermarks in, inside the cabinet. And people are going to look at that and say, hey, I wonder if there's mold. If there's moisture, there's mold. There's You have to assume that if there's been a, a water leak, you have to look for mold. And if that's not been disclosed, you're not looking for it, 
that can be a problem. And here's something that a lot of people don't understand. There is no statute of limitation on disclosure. So if I if I try to cover something up and I sell the house to you and you discover it 20 years later and you bring it to my attention, you found this out, you knew that I covered it up, there's no time limit on that. You have a claim against me. Mm-hmm. So if you don't disclose it, just assume it's going to eventually come out. And the neighbors will come over and say, hey, did you know that, that the guy's bedroom flooded and he didn't yeah. disclose that? Neighbors know. <laughs> so just I, assume that you need to disclose everything. I one time asked a client that. They said, well, I don't know if we really need to disclose this. My question to them is, the day escrow closes, is one of your neighbors going to come by and tell the buyer, oh, isn't that amazing what happened here last year? Yeah. <laughs> they started writing. They yeah. disc- they yeah, ended up yeah. disclosing it because it was like, yeah, n- the neighbors are going to do that innocently or vindictively. One one of the two. Oh, they will. Yeah. <laughs> and it and it's we're in a we're in a state where it's a uh, you, we sell a house as is, and I think we misunderstand what as is. As is makes me think that I can sell it to you, and I don't have to tell you anything. And good luck. No, as is means that you're buying the home with full disclosure that I've told you everything I know wrong. And you're also kind of advised to do your own inspection. So even if I don't tell you about the leak and your inspector says there was a leak there, now it's disclosed. And now everybody knows. And if it's not on the disclosure statement and yet the home inspector had to disclose it, that makes you wonder about the seller. A lot. It does. And, you know, I don't know everything that's gone on around my house. I, I mean, I forget. I forget every little thing that I've done. And yet an inspector is going to come in and say, hey, when was this remodeled? Oh, you're right. I may, I, I can amend my disclosure and we're all good. Mm-hmm. But if I, I don't want to ever be deceptive or cover that up. And I don't know that for sale by owners understand that as fully as they should. Okay, another issue that I see is that not every for sale by owner is a serious seller. No. It's kind of like, well, you know, um, I was surfing the web, and all of a sudden it said my house was worth a half million dollars. I thought I'd try. <laughs> so I thought I would try. Man, if I can get that, heck yeah, I'll sell. Well, that's not a serious seller. That That's somebody that's trying to sell the doll, the price, I just wanted not to the see. home. I wanted to just see. I wanted to test the market and see if I could get that much. And you know what? You can't blame people. If I can get a million dollars for my house, I would sell it tomorrow. Yes, I would. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you going to go buy then? All right. Anything but, I want. <laughs> that's right. Um, okay, so let me define what a serious seller is. A serious seller is somebody that a seller that signs a contract with a real estate agency to sell their home for them and they agree to pay X amount of dollars in commissions to sell that home for them for a certain period of time, six months, three months, whatever. But that's a serious seller. A not so serious seller is somebody that posts their home on some website that can be taken down tomorrow. Yeah. If they remember to take it down. Yeah. Or somebody that can go into Home Depot and buy a red for sale sign there is for $4.99. I, I would I would uh, discuss with every seller is, do you really need to sell? Because my first, my first goal is to everybody I've ever sold a home to, I hope that they hang on to every piece of real estate they ever buy. 
And I don't think, you know, you have to be motivated. You have to have a reason to sell it in order to bring in a buyer that is also serious to buy. And this is important. Most serious buyers are going to use a realtor anyway. First-time home buyers usually use a realtor. Somebody who's sold their house and has to move quickly will usually use a realtor to buy a home. Uh, cash investors, they like to call for sale by owners because their first question is, will you take less money? So if my intent to sell the home myself is to save the commission, I just gave that away if I take less money because I saved the commission. So you, you paid your commission either way. You gave mm -hmm. it to the investor or you give it to a professional who's going to keep you out of court. Okay, very good. What um, And then I, I would think exposure and marketing is another reason why a for sale by owner may not be able to reach as many people. So I do talk to a lot of for sale by owners, and they all say, if you bring me a buyer, I will gladly pay you a commission. And my response to is, do you want me to bring you a buyer or do you want me to bring you all the buyers? Because in the multiple listing service right now, for every given home that's on the market, there's probably two to three to 400 people that are searching for a home just like that. And I know that. So when I take a listing, when I list a home, I go in there and I contact all the agents that are looking for a home like mine. If I'm a for sale by owner, who do I call? I hope one person comes in my house. So right. I can bring you one buyer or I can bring you all the buyers. And the, what I love about our cooperative uh, form of, of sales, yeah. our business model is a cooperative one where competing agencies, Dave and I work for different companies, yeah. we're competitors, but yet we work in a cooperative manner to, to sell a home. Your company has sold several of my listings, and I think I've sold a few of yours too. So mm -hmm. that, that is 100% why realtors are important. Yeah. We got about a minute and a half left, so I want to ask you this question. What do you want our listeners to remember the most about today's discussion? If there is a need to sell, there is never a bad time to get your house on the market. There really isn't. There are going to be six to 700 homes that sell during December. And if so, the thought that there are no buyers out there in December is false. There are. They're serious. Disclaimer, though, if you're in Minnesota, this may be a different answer. <laughs> it could be, yeah. We don't have climate here. We have a little rain once in a while. If you are buying and you're thinking that you're going to wait for the prices to come down or interest to come down, understand that you're you're paying rent anyway each and every month. So put that into the equation. Is, is there a reason really to wait? Uh, the Chinese proverb, best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today buy a home today okay i like that one so what is your best real estate advice find a realtor and at least chew it over with him what you want to do share your goals and share your dreams and let him help you uh, make sound decisions and is there a difference between a realtor and somebody that has a real estate license there's a huge code of ethics code of ethics yeah maybe that's how come the cooperative form of real estate works so well there's that code of ethics and standard of practice standard of practice there you go well thank you dave for coming in today and helping us and thank you to all our listeners for tuning in to welcome home radio happy decade happy decade don thank you